I started out this morning by commending you all for being present on this very busy day with so many family gatherings and activities. Uh, I want to redouble that commendation tonight to those of you who have come back even better and, and more commendable on your part. We appreciate you very much for being here tonight and hope that our time spent together will be an encouragement to us, especially be glorifying to our God in heaven. I'm going to try to keep it brief tonight, give you a break. Um, although I'm aware of the fact that when I typically say that, I usually go longer, but we'll see how that works out tonight. Have you heard the expression, everything happens for a reason? I know you've heard that. That's really become a very popular expression that people use. Um, uh, when, whenever something occurs, some situation develops in their lives, some circumstance that they face, very common to hear people, and they're not typically religious people necessarily, who will say, everything happens for a reason. I understand that the, the people who are connected with the so-called New Age movement have sort of latched on to this expression, but people have said this for a long, long time. What people used to say, uh, you know, maybe a loved one got sick, maybe there was a terrible accident, uh, maybe something awful happened, and people were prone to say, it's God's will. It's just the will of God. That's just what it is. However you express it, whether you say, well, it's just the will of God, or whether you say the sort of the current catchphrase, everything happens for a reason. I think what you're suggesting by that is the idea that God regulates everything. That everything that's happening is happening because God has sort of predestined this all. That God has set everything in motion. That our lives are effectively all mapped out. And so it's just happening for the reason that God has put forth. Uh, it, it happens because that's the way it has been predestined to happen. What about this idea, everything happens for a reason? I want to spend just a few minutes with you tonight examining that concept. And, and I, I hope you'll agree with me as we look to the Scriptures that this is really not a biblical notion, the way that it's being used, at least, by people these days. Uh, so let's talk about this expression, everything happens for a reason. Again, take just a minute to thank you for being here. Uh, add my words of greeting to those that Lee already expressed and to our visitors especially. We're glad you've come our way. Please come back whenever you can. Always, as always, ask any questions that you have. How do we address this idea? Everything happens for a reason. Well, first of all, let's say, yeah, in a sense, that is true. Some things happen because God has established certain laws of nature. And when we violate those laws of nature, you can predict what the outcome is going to be, right? A guy broke his leg, say. Uh, so here's just an example. This guy, he's got a broken leg. He comes walking in on crutches. He broke his leg. Uh, why does he have a broken leg? Well, he stepped off of a ladder. And when he stepped off of the ladder... The law of gravity prevailed, and he fell, and he broke his leg. And so, uh, you could say that that happened for a reason. It did happen for a reason. He violated one of the basic laws of nature. I really don't think that's what our, our friends mean when they use this expression, everything happens for a reason. But there is the sense in which God has put certain things into place, certain laws of nature, which he sustains, by the way, and they uh, cannot be violated without predictable consequences. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, God upholds all things by the word of His power. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, in Him all things hold together. We understand that 
this whole physical universe continues to function and operate like a precise timepiece because God is behind it all. God sustains the physical universe. And that the laws that regulate the physical universe uh, were established by him in the creation and they are maintained by him as time goes on. Uh, and so in that sense, certainly we understand that there are some reasons why things happen. Uh, you fall off of a roof, you break your leg. Uh, if your car crashes into a tree, you may very well get killed. Uh, you know, th there are things like that that happen, and we know the reasons why they happen. But again, I really don't think that's what our friends mean when they talk about things happening for a reason. We want to primarily deny the notion that God has totally predestined our lives and that everything that happens is happening because He has put things in motion uh, that are effectively beyond our control to change. We don't believe that. We don't believe that the Bible teaches that. A very familiar passage to us is in Joshua chapter 24. You remember Joshua, near the end of his time as leader of, of the Israelites, uh, made an address to the people, and he put a real challenge before them. You know it well. I've seen this even uh, uh, stitched by needlepoint on... on uh, things, uh, maybe pillows or uh, wall hangings. We know this expression. Uh, Joshua 24, verse 15, If it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But special emphasis here is on his instruction to them, you choose. You choose you this day whom ye will serve. And the very fact that a choice is given suggests that God hasn't prescribed all that in your life and mine or anybody else's. He gives us free will. He gives us the opportunity and the ability to make choices as to whether we will serve him or not. And so the very idea that a choice is available to us would argue against the idea that everything about our lives is already laid out. The map has already been drawn. That's not true. We might just take a, a moment here to remind, be reminded uh, of Joshua's famous expression, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, I think all of us should be encouraged by that, and I especially think that you all who are parents of, and still have children at home need to be encouraged by the, the definite, uh, unwavering expression of Joshua. I'll tell you how it's going to be for my house. This is the way it's going to be. In a time when we see so many parents who are waffling, who are weak, and even uh, among Christians, some who are compromising and allowing things to go on in their families that should not happen, this expression by Joshua has got to be a jewel in our mind. We need to remember it. As for me and my house, I'm telling you how it's going to be. There's no question about it. This is certain. This is how we're going to do this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Just, just a little side note there, but I, I think we can't pass that verse without just offering that encouragement. But again, the very idea of choice, that's what we're talking about here. And the fact that God gives choice argues against the idea that he has prescribed our life in every detail. Near the end of the book of Revelation, uh, John records, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that hear us say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Whosoever will. That means anybody can make this choice to come to the Lord for salvation. It's obvious that God then has not predestined or 
laid out or prescribed in advance everything that happens in our life. I really think that's what's behind this expression, everything happens for a reason, and we don't think that's so. And we don't think the Bible upholds that notion. Now, going a little bit further along this line, we do understand that some things happen as a consequence of the choices we made. We said earlier, God gives us choices. Well, choices have consequences. We bring those consequences upon ourselves based by, upon the choices that we make. Our choices can be good or bad. And typically, when we make good choices, good things follow. When we make bad choices, bad things follow. That's typical. There's, there are exceptions to that, of course. But we, we reap the consequence of the choices that we made, good or bad. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, we were talking about Joshua near the end of his leadership just a moment ago. Go back a little earlier, and Moses near the end of his time leading the Israelites. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, Moses said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Notice, therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Here Moses talks about that choice again, but he says the choice is going to bring a consequence. The choice will have results, and the results will be life or death. They will be blessing or cursing. And he said, I'm calling upon you to make the right choice, to bring the good consequence that comes from choosing to serve God faithfully. But that's still true. Moses made those expressions thousands of years ago, but it's still true for us that we can make choices and the choices will bring good into our lives or they'll bring bad things into our lives. And we need to understand that. Choices have consequences. Now, th that's the reason why some things happen. Uh, everything happens for a reason? Yeah, consequences happen for a reason. But the reason is not that God determined that all out in advance. The reason why that happens is a consequence of our choice. Good choices or bad choices. It's up to us. You know, sometimes, and I'm sure you've had the, the experience before, as you kind of observe the lives of others, you, you, you watch them, you see how their families are developing and so forth, you can almost predict the train wreck that's coming just down the line, right? I mean, and, and you wonder, why can't they see that the choices that they're making are just going to bring complete calamity to themselves and their loved ones if they keep following that course of action? And we just, and we just urge them, we beseech them, we beg them, turn from that course, make the right decisions that will bring good things into your life rather than evil, because that's why things happen very often, as a consequence of our choices. Our choices can be good or bad, and they have associated consequences. We know that these consequences can be consequences of our own choices, but sometimes we suffer the consequence of other people's choices. Um, somebody who is not doing right, not thinking right, not deciding right in their life, they choose to do something, uh, but unfortunately their choice affects not only themselves, but so often affects other people. Uh, we use the sort of the classic example of the drunk driver. He decides to go out and get drunk and drive on the roads in an impaired condition, and he rams his car into somebody else at a high rate of speed. And, and 
it seems like it's so oddly it seems that the the drunk driver doesn't get seriously injured but he he maims or kills innocent people in another car well there's a case of consequences uh what's the reason for this why, why did this why did this innocent person in the other car end up maybe paralyzed for life and have to suffer with all that why is that well everything happens for a reason people yeah we know the reason well, the reason for that was that that other guy chose to violate the law of God and the law of the land and drive his car in an impaired condition and cause that accident that harmed that other person. And so, you want to know the reason? We know the reason. It's not that it was mapped out or prescribed in advance, but the reason is obvious. That fellow made a bad choice and somebody else suffered for it. In Luke chapter 23... Uh, we read uh, the very touching account of the crucifixion of Jesus, uh, uh, and we're all moved by it every time we read it, of course. I want you to concentrate on something that one of the thieves said, who were crucified with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 23, when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Well, as, as that account goes on, it says, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And notice this, And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And we don't think the thief on the cross was an inspired man at all. This is an inspired recording of the words that that uninspired man said, but we think he was right. When he simply observed, we're hanging here on these crosses and we deserve it. We're getting the just consequence of our deeds. We're getting what we deserve. We made bad choices and it caused us to be in this predicament. But this man hath done nothing amiss the thief said. He was right about that, of course. Jesus was perfectly innocent. Here Jesus is suffering a consequence of other men's choices, right? And so, of the three hanging there on those crosses, two of them were there as a result of their own choices. Jesus was there as a consequence of bad choices other people had been making. Uh, and, and so we see that play. What's the reason? So we're asking the question, why does this happen? Everything happens for a reason. And the implication of that expression, everything happens for a reason, is, well, this is just beyond our ability. No, we know. So often we know. And we can actually put a finger on, this is what caused that to happen. Here's your reason why. If you want to know, there it is. And, and very often it's just plainly obvious to the casual observer as to why things happen in our lives. But then, I think we've got to add this final note. Sometimes there's just not a discernible reason why things happen, you know. Uh, as I was saying earlier, I think so often we can see the reasons why as we look to the idea of choices and their consequences. But we have to admit that sometimes there's just not a discernible reason why an infant baby gets sick, horribly sick, and dies. An innocent infant baby. Why did that happen? Well, very often there's no re no one can say, you know, there's no there's no one who could say it happened for this reason or that. Sometimes we just don't know. Sometimes it's just the the result of living in this world of sin and suffering and death. 
And we can't always say. A lot of times we can, but not always. We can't always say. In John chapter 9, in the passage that Ethan read for us at the very outset, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, stop there for a minute to sort of understand the mindset of the disciples of Jesus. They said, somebody did something. Somebody did something that this man was born blind. Was it him or was it his parents? Because we know that somebody did something that caused this. What was the reason? That's what they were asking. What's the reason why? Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents. In this particular instance, but the work, that the works of God should be made manifest in Jesus basically saying, this situation here just provides an opportunity for me to demonstrate my power as the only begotten Son of God. But notice, Jesus said, uh, nobody has sinned here. Uh, you, you can't, you're not going to be able to connect the dots, basically, Jesus said. No man sinned in this instant. And I think Jesus was just sort of uh, affirming the point that we're trying to make here is that sometimes there's just no explanation. Sometimes we don't know the reason why. Everything happens for a reason. Well, sometimes that, that, uh, that's beyond our ability to figure out. Lots of times we can figure it out, but sometimes we can't. So what do we do? What do we do if that's the case? If, if some of the suffering and hurting and trials and tribulations, if some of that's just associated with living in this present world, what do we do? Well, we live so that we can go beyond this world to a world where all those things are done away and we don't have to deal with those issues anymore at all. In Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. What do we do? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. We want to live. We want to make choices. Uh, we want to be here uh, preparing ourselves to live in a world where we don't have to wonder why did that happen that way? What was the reason for it? So in summary of this quick little study, uh, we just want to point out that those who use this expression, everything happens for a reason, I think so often are suggesting that there are necessarily things happening uh, that are beyond our control, that are causing things to happen in a, pre, a predetermined sort of methodology. We don't accept that. Um, we can very often, and I think this is the key point, we can very often draw a conclusion as we look at the choices people have made. We can see some of the reasons why things happen in their lives, but sometimes it's just not possible to do so. But the fact of the matter is, God has not predestined our lives. Uh, and you have choice. And that's what we, at every service, as we bring every lesson to a close, we always say, you have a choice. You have a choice to make. You have a choice to make right now. And what happens in your life will be very seriously affected by the choices you make. And what happens in eternity, be, eternity will be totally affected uh, by the decisions that you make. Will you serve God faithfully? If you're a Christian, but you've not been faithfully serving Him, will you come back? and repentance, confession, and prayer. If you're not yet a Christian, will you obey that simple gospel plan of salvation? Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing.